Welcome to Carved to Beautify. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangue, and I'm so excited to share a new episode in the Learning to Love series. Each week, I interview a different married couple who have been together various lengths of time and have advice and wisdom to share on the topic of relationships. If this is the first time you are joining us, I encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes in this series so you can get the full experience. Enjoy the lessons and stories these couples share as you learn to love God, others, and yourself more effectively. Now, let's jump into my conversation with our fourth and final couple, Frank and Anita Jacobs. Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to hear all of the wisdom that you have to share. And I know six years is a really long time, so I'm excited about um, learning how you've navigated that all of those years. And I'm just really glad that you could be here. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Our first question is a little bit of a get to know you. So I want to know where are you from? And I already asked how long you've been married, but is it 60 years like like now or is it 60 years plus or like when was the anniversary? July 31. So it's 60 years and one month. <laughs> And where are you guys from? Well, I was born in Atlanta, lived most of my younger years in Mississippi until we moved to Merrill, Massachusetts for my academy and college days and also employment for quite a few years. And moved to Maryland after a sojourn in North Carolina and Tennessee of a couple of years and have lived in Maryland since 1982. Wow. And I started in Maine, but ended up in Florida when I was two and lived there until I was 11 and moved to Massachusetts where I met Frank eventually and then followed him around the rest of his journey here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So tell me a little bit about your family. How many kids do you have, et cetera? Well, we have uh, three children, two boys, Mark, who lives in Maine with his family, and Monty, who lives in Florida with his family, and then Melinda, who lives about three and a half miles from us here in Maryland. And, and you have well, grandchildren, I'm assuming? We have eight grandchildren and one grandchild and in-law, <laughs> and two great-grands, great-grandson and great-granddaughter. Wow. So tell us, what is your favorite thing about each other? Well, Frank is um, a cleric, so he keeps me moving. I'm a laid back Southern girl that <laughs> <laughs> he has to prod. <laughs> so he, he's my early riser. I'm not an early riser, because <laughs> I have to be. <laughs> So that's probably the main thing that keeps us going here. That's your turn. Oh, my turn? What was the question? <laughs> um, I guess I like her smile and, and the good food that she cooks and uh, she's just a loving wife, companion. We like to do things together. Uh, I think probably at least 95% of the time. <laughs> but, um, I think we have some favorite things or 
certain things that we endure, but uh, <laughs> those times are few and far between. <laughs> so now moving into our topic questions for this week. I know I told you guys already that you are our last couple um, in this series, and this series is called Learning to Love. So we're just asking people questions that would help other, um, other people, especially young people who are kind of navigating the relationship scene um, to just do it better and to learn from other people and, and what their experiences and what's happened in their life. So I want to know, how did you guys meet? And within that, how did you know that this was a, a friendship or a relationship that was supposed to move forward and eventually move to marriage? You know, you hear people say, oh, well, yeah, just know or whatever. But like, how was that for you, that experience of you met? And then like, where did that all go? Well, shall I go, go ahead? I, I, Ladies first. <laughs> I came from a broken home, so um, it was very important to me that somebody that I was going to marry come from a, a mom and dad nucleus there, because I just I just wanted that in my life, that security for my family. And uh, we met in college, and he was the editor of the school paper, and so he'd be up front once in a while, and he had the cutest blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I had dated his brother. This doesn't, this is off the record. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and it just wasn't the same, but because I had always thought he was so cute, Frank. <laughs> and I don't know, it was, he was somebody that I could look up to. And I, I loved his family life and being a part of that family. And it was just something that I knew I wanted. Mm -hmm. That's my view. I'm sticking to it. What's your view? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure when I first admired her or looked at her, but I was saw her with my brother at times and uh, for a while, and I had dated a couple of other young ladies that were good and upstanding and uh, had good friendships with them, but then those deteriorated uh, so that we got together. And I liked it, I think, from the beginning. I, at least I kept going. And she seemed to be cooperating. So, uh, it, was, it was interesting, Alyssa. I worked in the registrar's office. He worked across the hall in the business office. And part of my work was doing transcripts, so I'd have money from people who were wanting transcripts and take the money over to the business office. I could never get him to talk. I mean, he just made out the receipts for me and sent me on my way. And I thought, what can I do to have him look at me? <laughs> so much to my surprise, one day when I came to work, I had a late class, so I inhaled my lunch and got back to the, uh, so I could go to work. And there's a staircase that, that you go upstairs to get to the um, registrar's office. And he met me in the staircase and I was shocked because he actually talked and he asked me out. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it was to the faculty board banquet because he was a class officer or editor of the school paper. So he could invite a date to go to this board banquet. Of course, I was going anyway, but he didn't know that at the time because our choir <laughs> was singing. <laughs> but uh, I was sick with the Asian flu the day of the banquet. I took chugged down aspirin because I knew if I didn't go to class, I would be in trouble. 
So I went to class and to work and chugged down aspirin all day to keep my fever down. After the banquet, I had a temperature of 104 and I was sick for a week or more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I kept my date and I had the rosiest cheeks in the whole room without <laughs> blood. <laughs> 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 I love it. So you dated for how long? Ooh, year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah, we, we were engaged after our first year of uh, our anniversary of our dating and then got married that summer. So you said you had both dated other people. What was it about this, this relationship that you just felt like or knew was supposed to happen like because you said you know you'd been with others and they kind of deteriorated so how did you know that this was supposed to go forward well for me it was i appreciated his values and his um i don't know he he had something in him that he was going to make something of himself mm. he wasn't going to leave me high and dry with having to be the breadwinner and so forth that we could be together as a team I think the chemistry was just right. Uh, the other young ladies I dated were fine and have lived very good lives and I'm, we're still friends. And so, uh, but uh, she seemed to be the one that I should and I enjoyed life ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the next question I have is, are there boundaries that you think are important for a couple to kind of put in place to keep their relationship strong and healthy? I mean, when you're dating? Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, I would say there should be the Christian standards, especially among Seventh-day Adventists, that you have no guilt feelings or bad times, um, that you uh, live according to the principles of the Bible, and uh, I think things will generally get good results, good happiness. It seems like you need to have other things in mind and then just physical. Do things, get to know each other. If you like, if, if you're an outdoor person and you marry somebody that wants to sit on the couch and watch TV, um, that's not a good match because you'll be fighting against each other all the time. It's going, you want to have the things in common that you like to do. And don't be selfish. Selfishness does not create happiness in a marriage. It can't be always my way. So how have you intentionally, over the past <laughs> many years of marriage, how have you made God the center because I know you have I see that um, and I know you guys so I, I understand that God is at the center of your relationship but how have you done that how have you maintained that as far as possible I think we've always generally had uh, family worship in the morning before the kids went to school before we begin our work uh, things of that nature in retirement we continue to do that um, so I think if you start the day right, things will follow in good order, generally. There can be emergencies and there can be challenges, but uh, with God on your side and with your dependence upon 
your past growing up years. I think things will have a pretty smooth time, 98% of the time. And there's also something called commitment. Mm. We're committed to being God's children and, and serving him and committed to even when there's rough times and everybody has times ups and downs in a marriage, maybe you like each other more than other times, <laughs> disagree or whatever, you still have that commitment that, hey, we're not giving up on this. That to me is where so many young couples, they just say, there's more fish in the sea, you know, rather than saying, hey, I'm committed to this under God. I committed my life to him and he to me. And we've been employed by the church uh, for our, all our lives. And uh, I think I've sensed a, a responsibility of church workers need to set an example, need to be a, a good witness. Uh, and also in leadership, we've been both involved in leadership in local congregations and the example you set and the, to me, causes you to, or at least, at least us, to try to do our best that we will not uh, dishearten anyone that, oh, look at them and see what they do and see what they eat and see what they're doing in recreation or on Sabbath hours and things like that, that uh, we just have a higher standard to live by. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to one of my friends last night and I was telling her that I was coming up with the questions to ask you. And I said, hey, if you could talk to a, a couple that's been married 60 years, what would you want to know? And she was like, well, ask them about how they balance their, their life. How, and that's where the next question came from. How do you balance or how did you balance your career with your family life, with, you know, church life, and then with a relationship with each other? You know, I know that you're retired now, but back in the day <laughs> how did you keep all of that going well most of the time when we had young children i did not work from uh, outside the house i we lived in the college town of south lancaster atlantic union college and there were many professors there and this was before computers of course so i typed many doctoral dissertations so that was my contribution to the family income um, <laughs> And I babysat too. Typed on a typewriter, right? I on a typewriter. I did one in Greek on a selectric typewriter where I could take the um, English out and put the Greek ball in. Wow. Typewriter. And I could got so I could type that just as fast as I could in English, <laughs> just because your fingers know where to go. Uh, it's just amazing what we can do with our brains, I guess. <laughs> um, but. I, I know as being the mother and the one at home, I had more contact with our children than he did because he was gone till, well, running an ABC or whatever, he was gone and so I was in charge. But when he came home, he was in charge. So I never wanted to take over his role of leadership in our home. So when you had, um when your kids were older, did they, were they at home? Did they stay at home? Like, were they off at school? Like, did you kind of move to follow them or did they go off? Like, how was it kind of transitioning with life? Well, we lived uh, quite a few years in South Lancaster. And so elementary education was there. 
for uh, all three of them for a bit. Uh, the oldest one, uh, I think, began to wonder, was I permanently going to live in South Lancaster? So the next year, he went to a boarding academy. His sophomore year of academy. And then we moved uh, at the end of that year to uh, North Carolina. And so he went to another boarding school. And that position uh, was, was fine. And, but there were circumstances that caused us to accept another call. And that was to move to Nashville and join the publishing house. And so his senior year was in uh, a day academy there. So he had four different schools, four different years. Uh, and it wasn't because he uh, <clears throat> needed to transfer because of misbehavior or anything of that nature, <laughs> but because we were part of the Advent movement at that time. But wow. uh, That's so neat. I didn't know you lived in Nashville. I never knew that. That was hard. We loved it there. And uh, I remember our son, Monty, our second, he was um, going to be, um, well, he finished his freshman year there when the review moved up to here to Maryland. And he did not want to go. He wouldn't even get out of the car when we looked at Tacoma Academy because we were going to Washington, D.C., where it was located at that time before the move to Hagerstown. And uh, <laughs> he sat in the car and sulked. I went in and got all the stuff for oh, no. <laughs> registered, whatever. But now you ask what school he'd like to, you know, he's proud of being a part of TA and that's where he met his wife. They dated for what, almost 10 years before they were married because they went through three years of academy together, four years of college together, then graduate school. She was in Pennsylvania for dental school and he was in Michigan. No, Illinois. Illinois for um, law school. Law school. And they kept their romance alive all those years. They should be one that you would uh, <laughs> talk with about these middle years. Wow. And uh, so I thought they'd been a real example to the whole family on their devotion to each other during that time period. And, hmm. yeah. <laughs> so do you have a funny story or a favorite experience from the last 60 years? Hmm. <laughs> I've been thinking about that when I read the question, and <laughs> it's funny in our lives. It could include travel. We can extend it to travel. Oh, yes. I, I've, um, I don't like backing up. This is my funny story. I don't like backing up in a car. I have twice dented the back end of our station wagon, two different ones, and so finally, when Frank got, so he would see another car passing us or whatever with a dent in the back end, he'd say, that poor man has a wife too. <laughs> <laughs> but then we were at a wedding or something and it was very congested parking. You were parking like on the grass. And so he was backing out and he hit a tree behind us. Oh, I got no. the car and laughed. He got out and he looked and there was nothing on the car. I mean, no bunt, no scratch, yeah. anything it just wasn't there. So I was telling this to his brother that it wasn't fair, and he says, we just know how to hit it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, really? What was it? Something funny? Well, or a favorite experience. 
Well, we've traveled, we've visited nearly all of the national parks except uh, uh, three, two or three that have been more recently inaugurated or authorized by the president. Uh, national parks, um, battlefields, scenic rivers, and things. There's like 430 of them wow. part of the park system. Um, and we've been to more than 400, I believe, close to 400. A few in Alaska we haven't been to, and uh, oh, America, Samoa, Guam, and a couple in, in Hawaii, newer ones. One in Hawaii and a couple in another island. But uh, we've enjoyed traveling, though sometimes we were with our kids. One time we went to Canada and we had a dog and how many puppies? Six. Six puppies. And we had a travel trailer at that time and enjoyed going to um, Prince Edward Island, taking the, at that time it was a boat. Uh, the, more recently we've been able to go there and take the bridge. But uh, that was some experience with uh, three children, two adults, and a dog with six puppies. And they were just little puppies when we started on our trip, so mother kept them clean. But once they started uh, getting out of the box and eating real food, then this mother had to clean up. So it's like, stay in bed, kids. I got to walk the floor. <laughs> Wow, that must have been an adventure. It was. It was. People like to come and admire our babies. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're on the topic of travel, I'm going to divert quickly from the questions I sent you because I want you to tell us about your mission trips. Yes. Which one? Any. Where? What countries have you been to? Like, we've been to um, on about 25 mission trips around the world. So we've been to. Uh, many of them in Central America and a number in uh, South America and, and India. Five in Africa and one in India. So we've been on 19 with uh, Maranatha Volunteers International Organization and five or six others, including a cleanup and help building a house after Katrina in uh, Mississippi, New Orleans area and a few of that nature. So uh, we've seen a lot of the world and with work uh, opportunities, uh, we went to Australia and the mission trip was also in Fiji and our granddaughter's husband was stationed in Japan. So we visited them over there and our daughter and husband taught two years in English language schools in South Korea. So we had to visit them also. And while we were so close, we went on down to Singapore to, to visit friends that we had worked with in the church. So uh, we've been to about 60 different countries. Wow. That type of travels. Plus uh, we have enjoyed cruising in a few spots, including uh, uh, upper Europe and lower Europe and uh, all the way to Dubai one time. So we've enjoyed seeing the world. That's amazing. Like I can went, imagine. This year we went to Brazil for a mission trip in, um, we left what, early March? Right. And uh, we were building or helping to finish a church there. 
for a small congregation, but it was quite a large facility. And uh, we were going to be having tent meetings in the little common area about a block from the church and having health classes. And we had taken glasses over so we could fit people for glasses and so forth. But several days before we were scheduled to come home, in fact, what, almost half a week or more, yeah. um, the mission people there said you, to our leader, you need to get your people back home because this virus is just beginning to erupt. So we were in the northeastern part of Brazil and didn't see have any sense of illness there, but we had a hard time getting home. We could get anywhere around Brazil flying, but getting from Brazil to Miami, Florida, uh, took about what six different tries for different airlines to try to get us home. So we were glad when we got back to America. <laughs> wow. That's really neat. No, I just, I can't imagine that would be so cool to go to all those different countries and have someone there with you, you know, to experience it together. Like, right, right. That's really neat. And we always work together. In fact, we both have always done book type of work or office kind of work. And uh, when we went on our first, well, one of our first trips, he asked us to um, work in construction with them. And I, I cut the rebar, the big saw, and we tied rebar so they had the posts up there. And then we poured the grout and, and did all of that. So we were on the team working. On the scaffolding too. Wow. Yeah. And, and one time when I was about 65 years old, I was climbing down the scaffolding and a young man was helping me and he said, Mrs. Jacobs, would you mind telling me how old you are? And I told him and he went, wow, you're amazing. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't feel very amazing. It was just ordinary. So he's over at another part of the church hollering, hurry up, Anita, they want me to get this done. You were what, tying up the rebar so they yep. could lay some more block in the baptistry. So I run over there and there was nothing. I was up on the platform and I had to stack some blocks to make steps for me to get up so I could get on the scaffolding in the baptistry. So I got up there and I put my knee on the board and there was nothing on the other end of that board to hold it down. And I went, did a backflip off the scaffolding over the, over the uh, uh, platform onto the concrete floor down below and landed on my seat in. And the board, when it slapped back down after it released me, the um, project coordinator, this big tall guy was over on another wall up on scaffolding. He made it down, almost caught me. He, he heard that slap and he knew something wasn't good when they saw Anita flying through the air. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I always said, pride goeth before a fall. So I had my time of pride all <laughs> I fell. <laughs> Did you like break anything or was it okay? I just hurt my tailbone. I had trouble lifting my legs for a while until that healed. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Olympic <laughs> scores rated it a nine. <laughs> I was wondering how I was going to land. That says I'm doing fine sailing through the air, but this <laughs> landing is going to be a challenge. <laughs> and I held so many of them on the uh, balance beam. They have this flips that they do at the end or whatever. They probably think about that. How am I going to land? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, my second to last question is do you ever get tired of each other? I mean, when you're around somebody like all the time, 60 years, what do you do to, you know, you hear like keep the spark alive um, in your relationship and do you 
do you have times where you're just like, ah, this is too much, you know, what do you, what do you do when you have those feelings? I pray. Give me patience. Because, you know, as we get older, we get more forgetful. And our whole world has changed since computers came out. And some of us can do things with computers better than others. And we have to be patient with each other. That's, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's not about me. It's about us and what works for us. She summed it up well. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, you tend to get forgetful. Your, your memory isn't quite as sharp as it was 20 years ago. Uh, so there's can be times of, uh, concern and uh, irritability a bit. And, uh, well, it's, she ever going to realize that or so forth, but you got to realize that you, you yourself are not what you used to be. Uh, and so uh, I think if you've gotten a strong base, which I feel like we've had, you persevere and, and the times are quite brief uh, in some of these situations. So that's, that's good. And we rebound and, we still like each other. It, it's, it's good that we have forgetful memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that we've held against our, each other for 40 years or 20 years or so forth. Uh, not, no incident that <clears throat> that's just my, my trump card for getting her to submit to my way or whatever. That reminds me, I was going to ask you earlier, and then I forgot and we got on to another question, but do you have any tips for conflict resolution? I just think I, I keep in the, my mind here that I am committed to this no matter what. And besides that, this is going to blow over and it'll be fine. It'll be like mm -hmm. it was yesterday or an hour ago or something like that. And there's some things that you, you don't, you don't bring up because you know it's a, a like a hot spot for the other person. So just don't talk about those or just eliminate that part of your conversation. Try to think about keeping the other person happy. Apple pie once in a while and an ice cream cone once in a while. Help <laughs> 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 to uh, smooth the bumps in the road. <laughs> as long as she's willing to wash the dishes, I'm willing to dry them and put them away. And empty the dishwasher, he does. Right, I can yeah. do that too. <laughs> I can help fold some of the laundry and so forth and bring out the ironing board for her. <laughs> and he also is, makes really good salads. I'm making other parts of dinner. He's working on that, so we're a team. Mm. I like it. So the last question um, is for both of you to answer. So I guess maybe we can start with Mr. Frank. Um, if you were going to tell a young man something who's maybe thinking about getting into a relationship or already is in a relationship, um, what would your, your main piece of advice be? And then Miss Anita, the same thing for you, if a girl was to ask you. Uh, live up to your standards, be pure, uh, follow the Bible principles, go to uh, church together. Uh, share responsibilities around the home and uh, 
various activities of that nature. Um, don't expect that uh, your partner has to do all the housework, homework, accounting work or whatever way in which you keep your household expenses uh, reconciled, tax preparation, etc. cetera. Uh, it's always a lot easier if you can work as a team and do things together. It's not you and me, it's us. We're together on things. Um, but to me, it's important to have God first in your life because if you don't love Jesus the most, it's going to be harder to always be happy in your marriage. And pray together, sing together. Mr. Frank and I like to sing together. And um, we just work in our church together. We're together. <laughs> and we like to be together. And now he needs me to be his, uh, I used to call it being a navigator, but now I'm more the navigator. <laughs> <laughs> when we're driving in the car to keep us on the right sides of the road and well, well not that, but just to keep us safer because as he says, four eyes are better than two eyes and seeing the world around us. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much. Like it's been such a pleasure and a blessing to hear your, your stories and your advice. And it's fun because obviously like I've known you for a while, but it's a special treat to be able to sit down and just ask questions and um, and be candid and hear your answers. So I really appreciate you taking the time to pour into people, young people. And I know that the people who listen to this episode will definitely be blessed. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. forget to follow Carve to Beautify on Instagram, subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts, and share our podcast with your friends. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world.